Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson. Joining me is Amber Stewart. Hi, Amber. Hello. This is Minute 72, the 72nd minute. From 1 hour, 11 minutes and 0 seconds to 1 hour, 11 minutes and 59 seconds in. In this minute, Helen, new character, introduces herself and starts to tell us about her sister, Cassandra. What do you do in Alabama? I teach third grade, so a lot of zooming. We've been getting into tie-dyeing a lot and all this pandemic and stuff. Okay, none of that really matters. Mr. Blanc, two days ago, I received a call. My twin sister committed suicide. In her car. In her garage. With the engine running. My sister was Cassandra Brand. Do you know who she was? Yes, of course. I'm, I'm sorry, you... I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> Impressive woman, your sister. You know, she kept a journal every day of her life since she was six years old. And you know what she called it? Notes for Future Biography. What did you think about this minute? Is there anything in particular you would start us out with or you'd want to point to first this minute really does again showcase janelle monet's acting yeah yeah um yeah. yeah even when we don't hear her speak we just see her you know doing things the physicality of you feel the gut punch of seeing her sister on that that morgue table yeah you know, when she has to identify the body and it, they don't really um dwell on the pandemic aspect of things too much but I think it is interesting that Helen has uh, potentially her spouse with her. There's someone standing with her to, you know, be with her. Yeah. She identifies the body. They don't mention who that is. Yeah, they don't say anything. I didn't know if that was, if that was like her friend or one of their friends or another family member, like uncle yeah. or something. I, yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I say spouse because I just assumed. But, you know, she's come to New York on apparently on her own and was ostensibly cleaning out her sister's home on her own. And yeah. I don't know if that's, again, a pandemic thing or if that was just a friend who was there to support her. So there's a lot of, you know, unanswered questions, but we see these, like, quick glimpses of what's going on. But, like, everyone's masked uh, as they're doing it. And watching the scene again, I was like, oh, can you imagine just going into a hospital, which... Thank God I never had to do during the height of the pandemic before right, the vax right. was available. Like that just seems like, like several more layers of trauma on top of having to go identify your sister's body is going into a hospital during a raging pandemic. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just and we know awful. that this also all just happened. Yes. Yeah. Very quickly. She only died a couple of days ago. Yeah. That this is really, really recent. Um, to, yeah, not only is this character that we thought we've been seeing, in fact, dead, and now we know we must have been seeing Helen this whole time, yeah. but that, that also just happened, and so Helen has just lost her sister. Yeah, I think we get yeah. into like the timeline of it some more uh, for our next episode, but it is true. It happens. It all This all happened very quickly. Yeah. And just the matter-of-fact way that she says, my twin sister committed suicide... That was another like gut punch. It's like, woof, you know. You can see how she's just tightly holding herself. She's not falling to pieces, but she's also not unemotional about it. 
you know, she's focusing her emotion into the mission that's brought her to Blanc. She has the emotional control of a third grade teacher. Yeah, yeah, it's very believable. When she says, "But she said she was a third grade teacher," it's like we need lots of zooming, zooming right now, and that she did mm-hmm. some tie dyeing at home because pandemic, and she you know, was so yes. crazy. I thought, okay, yeah, I, I, I have kids, uh, including, just recently finished third grade not that long ago. One who's going in there pretty soon. I've met some teachers who teach the, that age of kids, and and yeah, the good ones have a whole lot of emotional control. Oh, they have yes. to deal with questions being asked and things being said and actions being taken that you just you just would assume that if an adult did or said those things that something has gone terribly terribly wrong with them inside their head but that's a normal eight eight year old right so yeah she seemed like she had that kind of composure um yeah yeah and i mean speaking of having kids i i myself don't have any i have some friends who this married couple are both teachers at a college level, and then they have two young kids, one who I believe when the pandemic was really, like, just got started, had just started maybe kindergarten or first grade, and then the other was maybe in third or fourth grade, and I do not know how they all made it through alive <laughs> in that home <laughs> with both of the parents trying to teach online and their kids trying to learn online at the same time all in the same house uh i don't know if your kids had to do this but apparently in atlanta they still had them bring the recorder home to learn <laughs> oh goodness and you can't you mean even... the you mean like the flute the recorder yeah the little recorder oh, flute good they were just God, no. hot cross buns park it was <laughs> oh, i i for the first time uh since uh since ever, I feel somewhat grateful for the decrease in music education. Uh, it's a it's a loss to the arts and all of the culture, but a boon to me during the pandemic, oh, being no. a parent of small elementary school children. Yeah, I just we, I really feel yeah, for everyone rough. who had to hear that and then just couldn't be like leave that at school, don't bring yeah. that here. <laughs> I so I I will say I have I have four kids. The the two oldest ones right now are six and nine. So during Ooh. the pandemic, yeah. uh, yes, young, very young elementary school age children. And uh, I live in Indiana, so we didn't have school for a while, but it wasn't that long. And they, we did have Zoom lessons. I also, I, I teach college. And oh, so boy. I was, <laughs> I was teaching from home most of that time. And so my you wife felt, you felt the pain. My wife uh, edits uh, out of the house. She's a freelance editor, so, oh, so we were all we were all here <laughs> pretty much all the time. Uh, we had just moved into this place, which thankfully there's like a large. We're moving to like a somewhat larger home that we rented. We're renting, and thank thank goodness we ha- this has two bathrooms. The other oh, we, good. we came yeah. from one bathroom house, and it was very nice to have two bathrooms during the pandemic. Um, you know, because there were recently another one of us, and now we became six people. And ooh, oh man, yeah, it it got it got noisy and frustrating, and and there were tears. So that's oh boy, yeah. Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that again. Any parent or any teacher who had to try, or kid who had to try to learn or teach or in some way deal with virtual learning, 
you have my utter support. I have no idea how y'all made it. <laughs> it was hard enough just being me as like a, a professional person being like, I got to do another conference call online. <laughs> like, <laughs> it oh, did. <laughs> it did give me a real glimpse into exactly what Helen's life must be like when she mm. said, oh, she's a third grade teacher is during the pandemic. Like, okay, I can really really picture like what her days oh, yeah. are like i totally get it and i i feel helen is like the most real character we've got everyone else feels like except for blanc feels like stereotypes and mm -hmm. i understand them because they are stereotypes to me helen is like the most real character who feels oh, yeah. the most like a real person yeah which makes sense because everyone else we've kind of met has been a little Hollywood or in some way is presenting yeah. a front to the world yeah. that, you know, a front of success, a front of um, political competence, <laughs> you know, right, just, right. you know, a front of masculinity, all these different things that they want to project. And Helen just rolls up like, here's this box I destroyed because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I needed to see what was inside. <laughs> My sister uh, committed suicide. You know, just here are the facts as they are. <laughs> she just lays it out. <laughs> yeah, her matter of fact is definitely a part of that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, we, in this, I think that is actually mirrored in in this minute when, um, after after we see her identify the body at the, at the hospital, uh, at the morgue, um, then Helen... We come, we come back to Blanc's um, deck, patio, balcony, balcony. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then she says who her sister was, a Cassandra Brand. And Blanc kind of like, I don't know if lights up is the right word, but he definitely recognizes, he, oh, he knows who that is. And uh, that's when the fugue drops out. Ooh. And I kind of do feel like the movie is also trying to bring us to reality. Like, the kind of cold hard reality for for a moment um mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i i did think this was a, a, a moment of personal connection between blanc and i when he tells this woman you know being like oh your your twin sister he says i thought you looked familiar which is so funny but i can't even right. like, yeah i can't even fault him because there was a time i spent almost a week at like a Bible summer camp and didn't realize that there were two separate sets of twins that I was interacting with throughout that week <laughs> until the second to last day when we all sat down at like a lunch table together. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> your your yeah. twins? Yeah, I truly just like talked to them. I'm sure they thought I was insane because I would just like continue a conversation <laughs> I've been having with one with the I... other. And they I just bet like, they thought that like, was okay. very funny. Oh, and... uh, yeah. I'm sure they're like, this is a fun twin game we're playing. Yeah, like... they must be used to that. <laughs> yeah, because no one told me. And I didn't really know anyone that well. I, I was a fairly new person to the, like the church that I was attending that camp. So I was like, all right, just some weird kids here. <laughs> Did not twig until almost the very end. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it, Blanc. I get it. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um oh, yeah. I see. We already talked about Blanc's balcony a little bit. Mm -hmm. We sort of switched day questions, as I was supposed to ask you on 
Monday about whether you'd seen this in the theaters, and today on general feelings on murder mystery films. But in fact, we really talked about general feelings on murder mystery <laughs> films yesterday for our last minute. So I'll ask for today. Did you watch this in the theater? I did. And you know, Park, that was our little twist that we switched <laughs> it up on everyone. Ah, we, 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 we rolled the audience. Fooled exactly. You. you know, as written by Ryan Johnson. But yes, I was very lucky that <laughs> this film did come out in my local theater. I live uh, in Atlanta, so near one of our larger Regal theaters that gets big releases and things like that. It tends to be a site of little mini movie premieres. So the Knives Out movie came, well, Glass Onion came, and I was like, yes, I must see this on the big screen because I had also seen Knives Out in theaters, and I just, I know it's going to be a visual feast beyond yeah, just, yeah, the characters, pretty. yeah, and the, the mystery itself. I was like, I need to see all this as big as it, I can get it <laughs> before I go home and then watch it on Netflix to try to, like, pause and, you know, ferret out all the little clues and things that now I can I can see in the background or that people sort of offhandedly mention. I'm like, ah, yes, that was a clue, and I did not notice the first time. <laughs> <laughs> there is something almost um, Wes Anderson-y mm-hmm. uh, in in the like the visual, like the way it's it's set up, like and how Wes Anderson's films all look like a like like little dioramas. I think yeah. um, the Ooh. fantastic Mr. Fox is like, puts this to the greatest effect, but mm-hmm. even his earlier stuff, even like, like Rushmore looks kind of like that. And, and definitely um, life aquatic, which oh, literally yeah. has like, definitely life aquatic. Cut the ship and inside. Like, yeah, and like, exactly. they see, yeah, you see all the part, <laughs> like um, all of them have, have that kind of a sense to it. And there is a little something here. It's not as, um, not in a bad way, but it is kind of cartoonish in, in Wes Anderson movies. And it's not like that here. I, I Instead of diorama, I might say tableau. Because it's more... That word sounds more right for this. It's it's yeah. more um, like a real event that's been captured, but captured with very stark colors and very stark lines. And, yeah. Uh, uh, but everything does seem very set up and and arranged in a really pleasing way that works really well for mystery oh yeah maybe that's just the way that ryan johnson does mysteries which mm-hmm. also is a thing that he he's done several of mm-hmm. um, including outside of this one but yeah i really like i i i could see this being a movie that rewarded theater going more than i feel like a lot of mystery films do Mm-hmm. Or like I, I like watching mysteries at home. I like the coziness of it, and I also like cozy mysteries. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but but this, even though this does have that that feel, I can see. I hadn't thought of this before, but visually, I can see that rewarding because it's it is, it is. Splendid. Oh yes, it's when you get those like big, establishing shots of like you know everyone on the dock, you can just really take in, <laughs> you know, the island when they show that. Uh, Miles's manner and everything it's it's a lot to see and it's not you know bad to watch it at home or on a smaller screen but it it lends itself very very well to the big screen and I think mentioning Wes Anderson if not in terms of framing in terms of like color saturation yeah uh, I think that's a great actually almost not quite contrast but 
the scenes we've seen up to now have been quite color contrasted and this feels a little more not home movie but the colors have muted themselves a little bit you know Blanc's wearing his like was it like a not quite a bathrobe because he's put it it's like a house coat he's it's put a, it's it a, on it's over a, it's his a, like uh, <laughs> shirt dressing gown yes dressing a dressing gown. gown but it's like you know uh maroon and navy um he's got a tie yeah he's wearing his little tie the brightest thing in like the shot are like daniel craig's ice blue peepers <laughs> right <laughs> so terrifying so lovely yeah <laughs> um yeah and every it just feels real versus the glamour that we've been inundated with up until now yeah. of everyone again with their facades that they're presenting and I was like, okay, also very interesting to look at. So yeah, mentioning Wes Anderson and his deliberate placement of people in color versus this more natural setting is pretty, it's pretty neat. When you said framing, and it, mm-hmm. but I would, I, now I want to like bring this to someone who like is like a film studies person because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. But <laughs> when I see, when I see like a Wes Anderson shot, I feel like, the shot has been put together so that I feel that there's almost a border, and sometimes there actually is, a border drawn at the edges of the screen. And everything important is inside this border. I am being shown this completeness shot. Everything is inside here. When I see the same sort of care taken to for a... Um, uh, and, and color saturation... Mm-hmm. For um, in particular, like these movies, um, uh, by by Ryan Johnson, it seems like similar, except that the not only is the border not there, but there is something implied that there's probably really interesting stuff happening off, yes. or that the characters <laughs> are going to have to leave this border, or stuff is happening off this border. There are a couple of bits, especially the very beginning where there is some humor in the containedness of this and what is happening outside of the edges. Mm-hmm. And even some of those moments feel kind of almost they could be long in a Wes Anderson film. Um, some of the bits at, at Birdie's party um, where <laughs> yes. we're, where we're seeing, we're seeing the camera view. So we're seeing like what everyone else is seeing. So it really is being framed literally. Mm-hmm. But um like even the, it, within the movie, not just the movie itself, but yeah, and that's also why I think I would say I would call it a tableau as opposed to a diorama because it it does seem like we're getting an image of uh, like one contained bit of this larger tableau as opposed to someone made this diorama that is just this inside this you know shoebox and you're yeah. only supposed to see the shoebox. This is more like there's a giant field of miniatures and we're being shown a really interesting bit of that, but there's a whole lot going on out there that you're not allowed to see, but you're supposed to wonder about even though you can't see it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good analogy. I like that. Are you familiar with the Instagram account accidentally Wes Anderson? No. Uh, it that is, sounds it sounds funny yes, already. It, yeah, it, it is what it sounds like where people can submit to the website accidentally Wes Anderson um, photographs that they've taken in various places. And, you know, they can detail where that took place, you know, if why they thought it reminded them of Wes Anderson. And 
some of it uh, will be uploaded to the Instagram. And there, I believe there's also a book now that collects these. <laughs> and it truly is like, you know, you'll be walking somewhere and there'll just be this quaint little ice cream shop framed almost perfectly in, in between two like bright blue buildings. And you're like, oh, this is exactly how Wes Anderson would would create this set and you take a picture <laughs> i think i have seen without, without i think i've seen pictures like shared by friends on facebook mm-hmm. like, without without looking at the account i'm gonna guess that a full-on 20 to 30 percent are taken at pumpkin patches or apple orchards with fall leaves hmm. and people wearing fall colors just he loves orange mm. Let me take so a little scroll through while we continue to talk about the movie. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the saturation versus these more muted colors, more natural feeling colors, uh, definitely indicates like that tonal shift from what we've been, what we thought we knew into now sort of the background of everything and like what quote unquote really is going on. There it is. Um, I would say a lot of it is just actually buildings. (laughs) Well, you said before about ice cream shop. That also sounds like, or probably an ice cream parlor. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. A parlor for sure. Yeah. Or shop spelled S-H-O-P-P-E. Yes. A a, a yield shop. (laughs) Exactly. Yield shopy. Yeah. it is a me, pleasant listeners. I know account. it's the. <laughs> and sometimes I like to say shoppy. It just strikes yeah, me as funny. Yeah. yeah, this is just a pleasant Instagram account to scroll through. They have not paid me to say this. <laughs> if you know, I was You're not secretly in the pocket of a big, <laughs> big Wes Anderson, big accidentally Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just. I'm just an architecture major who enjoys a pretty picture of a building, y'all. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh my goodness. Uh, I think towards the end of this minute is when Helen starts to talk about Andy's journals. Yes. She ends with that. Letting us know that, that uh, Andy uh, kept a journal that, and that she called that journal notes for future biographers. Mm -hmm. And there's a funny second part to that, that we get at the beginning of our next minute. Oh yes. So good. I, That's, I love it. <laughs> that is a good lead off. I we should end there. Yes, definitely. Uh, and that will will lead to the, part two of that joke. The the, the button on that joke. Uh, we'll tell in our next minute. Thank you very much for joining me, Amber. Amber, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, you can find me online um, at the former bird app <laughs> at a m b r r r. Taking a little bit of a social media break, um, you know, for your brain, but. Feel free to, to chat at me about glass, uh, glass Onion, Knives Out. I almost said Glass Out. That's a different thing that doesn't <laughs> exist yet. Have I uncovered the third movie? At me, Ryan Johnson. Let me know. Movie four, Onion Knives. <laughs> <laughs> you can find our podcast at cast our podcast at glass onion men all one word please rate review subscribe to glass onion minute on your podcatcher of choice goodbye for now amber we'll see you tomorrow for our next minute minute 73 see you soon